Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. With um, a wonderful pastor up there, right outside of Wheaton. Instead of having a morning service, they put him up on the screen like we did. And here's this frail man that says, my body is ravaged by cancer. My wife right now has full-blown Alzheimer's disease and she's institutionalized. My son who served up there got sick and he died leaving five children. And yet I want to tell you, God is faithful. Now it is very hard to hear that and say God has held back the testing. But I have to tell you, it's always the testing before the blessing for here's the case. It is not about his wife not getting Alzheimer's, him never having the cancer, and of course his son never dying that makes him strong. What makes him strong is no matter what he goes through, he can now say to others, look at how God is faithful to me, so now you can trust him as well and still rejoice because it's not about here, it's all about there. And so I want you to know that you may be going through some tough stuff right now, but again, I want you to rest on the promise of God that he has backed away from more what he could give to you only because he has a plan for your life and a purpose to bring glory to him, his way, not our way, his time, not our time. And that's the joy, but you have to have that full surrender to the Lord. And why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want to surrender? Not because of the testing. It's because of the greatness of what will come from the testing. Well, that's not enough. He also protects his people. And so much so that I believe he protects us even in the midst of some tremendous challenges. And this is the time that I wish, again, I had the microphone and we had all day. And I could pass it to some of you that have been through the most tremendous amount of persecution where you almost died. You will be hearing stories of those that are on the front line speaking for God in an Islamic State situation. And still not being killed and being able to get that message out. I've had a gun put to my head twice for actually preaching the gospel. And while I'm preaching the gospel... And I'm here to tell you that for me, at that moment, at that time, God chose to protect me. And he can protect you. I still may die a horrible death in some other situation. But God is still faithful because it's all about him. Well, it goes a little bit further here. It talks about keeping his word. But this time it's a little more than just the promises to Israel, as much as those covenants are important. But I want you to know it's not just that God loves Israel and he's got a covenant with them and so that's all good. The rest of you, that's all right. No, God loves you. And here's the best part of all. When I open up my book here called the Bible, this is really God's mind and really God's voice, if you want to hear his voice, on paper. And so this is filled with nothing more than the promises of God and he's making these promises, watch this, so he can keep the promises so that our faith is strengthened in that great God. And when we have that great faith in him, that strengthens us so that we can magnify him to everybody who's lost or saved that's out there. This is the kind of book. So I want you to know that he makes these promises. They're found in scripture. It's in his word, his commandments. So I rest in those. Now, let me tell you, it brings me great joy because when he says, whatsoever I sow, that will I'll reap. So if I do good things, I'm going to reap wonderful rewards in heaven because of that. Not to get to heaven, but because I am. So I have that promise. No matter how hard I work here, if I do it right, in love, by faith, for him, for his glory, if I do it, God gives me a reward. Thank you, Lord, for promising that. And thank you, Lord, for being the original and only true, fulfilling, eternal promise keeper. But as much as I hang on to that joy, I've got to remember that God keeps his promises that if you also plant seeds to the flesh and sin, you're going to reap all sorts of destruction in your life. And God says that too. So he keeps the promise on both sides of his mouth, we might say. And he keeps his word because he doesn't lie from it. And I like this next one. 
that he will forgive us of our confessed sins. You know what um, has happened to me? Maybe it's happened to you. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to, quote, step in it. You know what I mean? And I want you to know, no matter how old you are in the Lord, I don't care how many times you walked with the Lord, I don't care how many sermons you preached, how many lessons you taught, that you still are going to mess up because we're still wrapped in flesh, sin. It's going to happen. And we would only hope that we would be humble enough and realize the seriousness of our sin that we would then go to clean up the mess by going to the person and asking forgiveness and saying, I did this and I blew it and I'm sorry and I know it hurt you and it hurt our relationship and I've got to start over building your trust again. And then you'll have some people that will, yeah, 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 okay, I forgive you. But you'll notice the relationship is never the same. They don't even give you a do-over to start again. And you know that forever it's shattered. And so then you begin saying, man, I, I'm, I'm no good. I'll never be any good. And Satan takes over. You know what I'm saying. I'm so glad that that's not with the Lord. He knows that when I, with a sincere heart, and I go to him and I say, Lord, I did step in it. I stepped in it when I thought about it, when I planned it, when I performed it. You saw all of this mess right here, Lord, and it stinks. Your blood dripped off the cross in your death for that sin. I am so sorry. I am so glad that he forgives me. But the key word, he is faithful to forgive me and to cleanse me. That's the kind of God that we have. And that's the kind of God I celebrate. That's the kind of God that I want to tell the world about, even to the point of death. How about you? And so he forgives us. And I like this last one. I threw this in here because it's kind of what we really need. Forget about the times we mess up. How about just when we have a need and we ask God, he, he answers our prayers. How many of you, and listen carefully to my question because you're going to raise your hand if you feel comfortable doing this, that you had a need in your life. It was a serious enough, serious enough need that you knew only God could resolve this in your life and you chose not to kind of leak it out in a prayer request so somebody else might come alongside you and answer it for you and give God the glory. I mean, it's just only you and God knew about it. You went to him. You bestowed upon him that deep need that you had and God answered that request. And you're thinking about it right now, even if it only happened once in your life, but it happened. Would you raise your hand if that happened? You would raise your hand. Okay, again, I wish I had a microphone and we had the time because this will reveal in a testimony way that God is faithful and he does answer prayer. So some of you that are on the outside looking in the window of Christianity, I want you to know that God loves you and he will take care of you once you step into Christianity and all the stuff that you're going to have to do while you're in it by faith alone. I want you to know that he will answer your prayer. He will be there for you, not only to forgive you, but also to provide for you because he not only will protect you, but he will provide for you. And that's just a little bit if we stepped away from the picture so that we would understand about the faithfulness of God. But we need to know a little bit of the bigger picture. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Let me go back to that real story, that real event where this Abraham dude gets this message from God and now God is going to show himself faithful to Abraham by fulfilling the things that he said. Abraham tried to write his own book when he went after another woman to have kids because his own wife couldn't. We got all of that message. That went south, and that's why we got a lot of the trouble in the Middle East today. That's another message, another story, another time. But we go back to his own wife. So they finally were able to have a child, and then from that child they had a bunch of kids, and those had a bunch of kids, and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden the Jewish nation was starting to really rock and roll throughout the generations after Abraham. So now they kind of find themselves through a lot of other events in a place called Egypt, which in a sense is almost an arch enemy to, to Israel. They're now in Egypt, and they are so, I say this 
fertile myrtle. They're just having kids everywhere, all right? And so all of a sudden, the Egyptian uh, pharaoh says, we can't have this any longer, so we've got to squash them like an anthill and get rid of them. And the best way to do that is so burden them so much with this. And here these people are crying, oh God. In a sense, I imagine some of them realize through maybe oral testimony that we're supposed to be special to you. We're supposed to have our own land. And if you kill us, how's the rest of the nation going to be blessed? What's happening here with all this stuff? And so God hears them and he sends them a miracle worker, really, Moses. So Moses kind of comes through this whole thing, and he does all these miracles. They get out of Egypt. They go into the wilderness here. And really, they weren't that far from the promised land. And so all of a sudden, Moses has this bright idea. Well, let's go see what this promised land that God told us about is going to be like. So we have the book of Numbers. Cool. In the book of Numbers, you have Numbers. <laughs> twelve. Remember twelve? Out of twelve, twelve spies, he says, all right, you're going to be my little CIA. And you're going to go on out there. And so he headed them out to spy out the land. And all 12 of them gave the same report at the beginning. Man, those walls are big. Those people are mean. There are giants in the land. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And of course, perhaps in the back of their mind is, what is going to happen? I thought God was faithful. He said this, and we had problems in Egypt. We're going to have problems in the promised land. So all the 12 are bringing back all this big problem, how big it was, except for two. Two didn't deny that the problems were out there, but two of them said, we believe the sovereignty and the faithfulness of God to fulfill his word. Two out of 12 isn't bad. Three out of 12 would have been better. 12 out of 12 would have been great. Do you agree with that? So I wonder how many are, do you only have two here? Or do we all of us are going to do that? So again, Moses sends them out. They bring the report. And because, watch this, they did not trust God in his faithfulness, God then said, okay, I'm going to have to really kind of uh, clean your clock. So they then did not go to the promised land. All those adults died, except for the two that had trust. But those poor two dudes had to go through all that time in the wilderness. But let me tell you something. Don't feel sorry for those two guys that didn't get in the promised land. What those two guys did was able to see for the next 38, 40 years, God's faithfulness doing more miracles to really ramp them up for when they did get into the promised land. Again, picture is far away. We got the theology. We're a little bit closer. We see the action happening here. So now they come all the way to the promised land. They're right up here. The people died. You got Moses there. You got Joshua there. You got Caleb there. Moses gives a little speech. And he basically says, God is faithful. You trust him and you go into that promised land. I can't go because... At one time, one time, one big time in my life, I did not trust the faithfulness of God, so I decided to uh, get something my way, for God, but my way, for God. I didn't trust God to do it His way. That's a sermon I heard recently. So we want to do it God's way, so He didn't go in. That's where we are now in this story. So let's find out a little bit about, beyond the backstory. let's talk about what happens next. Look up on the screen, if you will, and flip through that. I want you to see a, a battery of verses up there, because this is what is happening at the beginning of them going into the promised land with Joshua. I don't know. Do you have it up there? Can you flip it up on the screen? Good passage of scripture for you. If you want to, if it doesn't get up, there it is. Turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. I'm not going to have to say a lot about it. This is such a wonderful, easy to follow commentary on what God said to Joshua. But you've got to see what he says here. He says, Now it came about, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, not son of a Nun, so don't go on that little weird thing, all right? The son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying... Now, before I go on, let's go back to those thrilling days of yesteryear for a moment. 
Here you are, you saw all these miracles done through Moses, you got the promise, you saw what God will do if you don't obey him, you saw what God would do if you do obey him, trusting him, his faithfulness, and all of a sudden they're getting ready to go into this promised land. They realize, remember, they still believe. There's huge walls, there's a lot of enemies, and they're really powerful over here. And oh, oh, no! Our leader, our miracle worker, the one that really could call down from God great miracles, Moses, is dead. And that's what he's facing right now. What does he do? What does he do? Now let me pause and try to make a little bit of a, an application. And be careful about my application here, but it'll kind of get you. Your senior pastor is going to be gone. And he may come back once in a while, but some of you that are looking a lot to me and very grateful for all of the trust and the confidence, there's going to be a time that the Lord says, okay, you, 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 you did your deal. You got him to this, this point, but um, now we have someone else coming in. God's faithfulness isn't going to fail you. He didn't fail us when Jim Cook decided to go to the mainland, leave the whole shebang behind. He didn't leave when others left. He's not going to leave when I'm here. I'm going to be gone. He's faithful. God did great things in the ones that were here in the past, and I don't know what God will do in our life. I just really pray it will be half as good as what I've seen him do with me here. But here's the point. God does have something for you in the future. Go back to the passage here. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross the Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I have given to you, the sons of Israel, reminding them again of that promise that I, know, I keep my promises, I make them and keep them. Every place in which the sole of your feet will trod is given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. He said, so don't worry about it. It's all going to be yours. Don't worry about the size of the walls of the city, etc. Then it says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. And I love this phrase, I will never leave you. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. And by the way, that is mentioned two other times in the um, Pentateuch, as well as my favorite passage in Hebrews. It says that God will never leave us nor forsake us. So we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man will do to me. So he continually reminds us that God will never fail us. Why will he never fail us? Because he's faithful. And if he failed us, he wouldn't be faithful and he wouldn't be God and we'd be worshiping idols. Then it says, now, because of who he was, now catch that. Because of what God has said, what I've done in the past, what you've already seen, what you've experienced, what I've told you, I am faithful, trust me, and verse 6, be strong, be courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers going all the way back to Abraham. Only be strong and very courageous, so step up, man up. And you don't do it by the clothes you wear or the volume you speak, the size of your body or the strength of your muscles. And you do it by trusting in the Lord and His faithfulness. He says, be careful to do according to all the law, all the law known at that time, the word. My, so, my servant Moses commanded you, do not turn from the right or to the left. And you may put in parentheses, why? Because it is so easy to be distracted. You'll hear a lot of voices. There'll be a lot of good people you trust and respect. But make sure that you are rock solid in a Bible that never changes. Then it says, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Why, would he, why, why in the world would the Lord say to Joshua, I want you to meditate in the words that I gave to Moses so that you will own those words? Because those words are going to be the testimonies of God's faithfulness that will strengthen you when you think all hell is coming against you. Now that will preach for your own life. That's why here at this church, 
We have so much exalted the word, so much taught it verse by verse most every Sunday. All the time telling you and encouraging you to abide in the word of God because when we're not up at the pulpit and you go back out into life like I will go back out into life, that which will sustain us will be that which we know correctly and meditate on consistently about who God is that will keep us strong in whatever we might face in life. And it doesn't end there. He says, so that you may be careful to do all that's written in this thing, so you'll be prosperous. Then you'll have good success based on your staying in the word of God. It wasn't written then, the oral word, but the words of God. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Don't be dismayed, for the Lord is going to be with you. Now, let me tell you, there are going to be some trembling days ahead for this church. First of all, it's just going to happen in everybody's life. I don't care how long you've walked with the Lord, no matter how great you are, you're going to have those days you're going to face. But I want you to know that when you do, whether it's in business or military, or you go off to college, or you start a church, or whatever it might be, I want you to know you are never alone again in this passage. Because wherever you go, He will be with you. The real question is, watch this, will you be with Him? Now, it doesn't mean you walk away, lose your salvation and all that. You can try to do that. But in a sense, are you going to get your eyes off the Lord, your mind off His Word, your heart off meditation? I don't know. I pray I don't. It's a discipline that we all need to have. So what's the main idea in all of this? Well, the main idea is that God is faithful to His promises. You can take that to the bank. I've already nailed that down into the wood almost so deep. You got it now. God is faithful to His promises. And what good is that if you don't know His promises? But He's faithful to them. So what about you and me? And this is what I'd like to kind of close with. I'm going to leave you with two take-home points. I could leave you with a lot. I think there's already a bunch in there. But if these are two, number one is this. God does not change. God does not change. Your life, your health, your finances, your friends, your family, your foes, all of them may change in some kind of a dynamic in your world. One thing is that God will never change. You trust Him in all of that. God never changed the way of salvation. He started in the Old Testament through progressive revelation. He kind of amplified it. He took it from black and white and turned it into technicolor, mostly red. But it never changed. There would be a sin bearer. We can look at it in the lambs and the goats and this kind of stuff, but ultimately it had to be a man. It had to be the right man. It had to be a God man. And he had to be perfect. And he had to die at a certain time, a certain way, completely for man's sin. God never changed up to the time of Christ. And that proved his faithfulness. So I can look back and he's never changed since the time of Christ. So the only Savior is Christ. But the only way is for the Old Testament people to trust in the coming Messiah, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. We now look backwards. And we look now at Christ, the Lamb of God that has taken away the sin of the world. And now we place our faith alone in him. And that's the only way we have eternal life. So you can go to the bank on that. He never changes. He never changes in his promises. He never changes in the fact that he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He never changes in the fact that once you trust Christ, you're in his hand, you're kept in his hand by the power of God. Your heaven ticket reservation is reserved for you already. You can't lose it. If you couldn't do it to get it, you can't do anything to lose it. Because you didn't do anything to get it the first place. Christ did all the work. He does all the work to keep you. All you do is trust in him. Once and for all, you're born again. The second is simply, very much, and I love this one, not only does he never change, but don't be afraid now and don't be afraid in the future. 
I know for some of you, you are. I know some in here that are facing a doctor's report. I face those too, but yours is maybe a little more ominous. I want you to know that the Lord will be with you when you hear the report, whether it's over the phone or in his office. He will be with you whatever decisions that you have to make to figure out what you do next. He will be with you then. Those of you that are finally married and you might be thinking, okay, will we have kids or not? Will it be any good in this kind of a world that we have? I want you to know this world is bad. I get it. It was bad 20 years ago. It was bad during Abraham's day. It was bad during Joshua's day. God never left him there. Those of you that are going to be beginning to take over this wonderful ministry, it's not going to be without struggles. We're not a big downtown church with a lot of people paid on staff or tons of volunteers that are already up and ready, ready to go. I want you to know that together we believe that God will build us into what he wants us to be. So I hope that today that through this particular simple little message we might be able to see the bigger picture. We got up close. We saw it with Joshua. We got up real close and saw the little pixels and the little brush strokes that God is faithful in our life. And now you want to walk forward with that. God is stable. He is steadfast fully reliable, always trustworthy, and dependable. And say this with me. Great is thy faithfulness. One more time. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's pray, shall we? Perhaps today you are getting a glimpse of the faithfulness of God and maybe you're right at the point to say, I'll trust that. I'll trust it, but I've got a very weak faith. God also has an answer for that too. He is so faithful. He says all you need is a faith like a little child. A little faith like a tiny little mustard seed. Remember it's not how much faith you have in the faithful God. It's that you have whatever faith you have. In the only God. And God is Jesus Christ. All one. All together. And I hope that you would come to him like we have in our life. When we've had to come with our own demons and say, I failed you. And we might go through some of our sins, but at the bottom line of it all, we know that God is perfect and we're not. And that we don't deserve to have an eternal relationship with Christ, let alone heaven, all that that'll bring. And so we're just crying out unto God to say, Lord, I, I want to get beyond this world right here. And I, I don't know much about the next world, but I sure don't want it to be worse than this world. And so I want to escape that. I know it's going to be horrific if I don't. So, Lord, I thank you that you're my rescuer and that you're faithful now. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take you at your word. You said, and you never lied, that if I'd place my faith in you, that I would have the full forgiveness of my sin. And right now, Lord, I'm doing that. I'm trusting in you for the full forgiveness of my sin. I'm not promising you that I'll start this or stop that. I'm just coming to you just as I am. I believe that you are the Lord who died and rose again. Now, if you're doing that, I'd like to pray for you. And I'm not going to have you come forward or stand up or anything. But maybe today is the day that you would like to call upon the Lord to be your personal Savior. And it's not so much a prayer as much as it is a mental transaction where you're transferring your trust from yourself or religious philosophy or system. And now you're just putting a totally and only in Jesus Christ as the Lord who died and rose again. Now if you're doing that in your own words, your own little, you're realizing Jesus loves you and he's going to forgive you and you're trusting him and, and this is a new thing for you and you're so thankful for it. I'd like to pray for you. 
Now, my prayers for you won't get you to heaven. And when I do, I'm not going to embarrass you with my prayer. I'm just going to say thank you. And then to the Lord, I'll just bring it to the Lord. He knows your heart anyway. He knows whether you authentically are trusting Christ, whether or not you raised your hand. doesn't really matter. But maybe you'd like to let today be the day you're going to register as your spiritual birthday in Christ. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, so no one can see, no one's looking around. If today's the day that you're willing to place your faith in Christ and Him alone, it's not faith and good works, it's only faith in Christ, then you'd like for me to pray for you with no one looking around. Would you slip up your hand real high so I can see it? Is there anyone at all today that today's the day you're trusting Christ? Anyone at all? All right, Christians, as we continue our theme of God's faithfulness, past, present, and future, I want you to really to worship and adore his greatness. Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. And may we continue to abide in your word and experience the joy of what it means to worship and serve and proclaim a faithful God and Savior, Jesus Christ, in your name. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Make it clear.